Firstly, by now you surely know of the travails foisted upon us, and I say us because you are my dear family, and I say foisted because it all came out of the blue again, as you know, thanks to the La Crosse Tribune, which seems to have kind of an unnatural obsession with me. But as I said last Sunday, thank you, La Crosse Tribune, because in your bitter foolishness, you spread the gospel better than we ever could. The Cross Tribune has helped us fulfill today's gospel, to go spread the seeds of the gospel to all nations. And for that, I give them thanks. But let us not fool ourselves as to spreading the gospel, for as Jesus taught, some seed fell on the path, birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky ground, where it had little soil when the Sun rose, it was scorched, and it withered for lack of roots. Some seed, as you know, fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it. But, dear family, and this is key because we know that Jesus does not need numbers, but only a faithful few, which he can take and multiply. Some seed fell on rich soil and produced fruit, 160 or 34. So I'm as surprised as anybody that I had the privilege to be with you again today. A privilege it is indeed. And like a father loves to do, feed you. The only precious children I'll ever have. And help you till your soil so that it is rich and fruitful. Secondly, as you know, some people have called me courageous, but dear family, I said it before, I'll say it again and again and again. The saints and the martyrs are the courageous ones. The saints who devoted their whole lives, and some even gave their lives for our faith, to hand down to us the unchanged and unchangeable truths of our faith. Then this weekend, in a different sense, on this sacred weekend for our country, we are privileged to celebrate Memorial Day weekend, whereby we honor, and we cannot honor enough, those who devoted their lives and ultimately gave their lives for our freedom, especially our freedom to live in our faith. As a profound saying goes, our flag does not fly because the wind moves it. It flies with the last breath of each soldier who died protecting it. We are forever indebted to those who have given their lives that we might be free. We do not know them all, but we owe them all. And yet, as Franklin Delano Roosevelt said, those who have long enjoyed such privileges as we enjoy forget in time that men have died to win them. Let us then not dishonor their sacrifice as so many in this country have done over the past 14 months by willingly, readily, happily giving away so much of our freedom to those who would seek to dominate and destroy the glory of the United States of America. To those who died that we might be free, we, the grateful faithful, are duty-bound to say that we will 
work to make America great again, and we will drive out the brood of many ungrateful, graceless, godless vipers who seek to destroy it. Now, dear family, to our gospel, where we in, where wherein we heard the command of Jesus, Lord of the gospel, to go out to all the nations and spread the gospel. And a question we can ask ourselves then is, well, what does that look like? In reality, what does this look like? To answer that question, those from Providence, will, this, will, this part will sound familiar. Let us take two real gospel events of Jesus healing the lame, the sick, and the dying, but change the first one to represent the gospel of the world so that we can make an easy comparison between the gospel of the world and the real gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. The first gospel healing event the one that we will change into the gospel of the world is when Jesus healed St. Peter's mother-in-law who lay very ill. Quote, Simon's mother-in-law was afflicted with a severe fever and they interceded with Jesus about her. He stood over her, rebuked the fever, and it left her. It is another fine example, one of many, one of countless, of why the Apostle St. James wrote, Is anyone among you sick? He should summon the priests of the church, and they should pray over him and anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick person, and the Lord will raise him up. If he has committed any sins, he will be forgiven. Well, let us take that gospel healing event of St. Peter's mother-in-law, and transform that gospel into the gospel of the world. This is what it would look like. St. Peter's mother-in-law was taken ill with a great fever. The local health department immediately put the whole house under quarantine. The governor sent in a ventilator, though it was soon discovered that a ventilator was killing her. Meanwhile, Jesus stood outside wearing a mask and tried to look at her through the window because only one person was allowed inside per day and St. Peter's wife had already been there. So Jesus and the apostles had to stay outside because they were afraid of offending the staff and having the staff call the police and arrest them for violating health department protocols. Sadly, down at the local Walgreens, there were some very cheap, tried and tested, readily available medicine. Medicine that real science already had proven was helpful. But the people were swayed by, indeed duped by, the godless media. And even any mention of the real science behind it strictly was forbidden. And anyone who did bring it up was canceled immediately. Unfortunately, before the end of the quarantine, St. Peter's mother-in-law died alone and lonely without being given last rites in the apostolic pardon. Jesus just shook his shoulders, turned and went away, went away home and self-quarantined for another 14 days. If there was any good news in the gospel of the world, 
it was, of course, that Jesus was masked up. So those hostile to him didn't know it was him. So they did not plot to kill him at that point. Unfortunately, it was also sad that if they could have experimented on Simon's wife's mother, his mother-in-law, and injected her with an experimental gene manipulation, if only they could have. Oh, wait a minute. If they had done that, while she had a fever, it would have compromised her immune system and made her doubly sick, so she would have died twice as fast. That, dear family, is the gospel of the world, as we have seen for 14 months. That was the gospel, not according to Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, but according to Fauci, Burks, Cuomo, Biden, and health departments pretty much everywhere. Now let us compare that to another set of healings in the real gospel. A gospel message that we heard yesterday in a special votive mass celebrated for the graduates of Providence Academy. Quote, Jesus went around to all the towns and villages teaching in their synagogues. They weren't empty. The doors weren't locked. Proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and curing every disease and illness. At the sight of the crowds, his heart was moved with pity for them because they were troubled and abandoned, like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is abundant, but the laborers are few. It should be noted, dear family, that Jesus, the good shepherd, went around to all the towns and villages, and the people crowded to him without wearing masks. We can only shake our heads when we ponder how Jesus fed crowds of 5,000 men, which also meant about 5,000 wives, perhaps double, triple, quadruple that in children. CNN would have had a cow at the site of such a super spreader event. Jesus taught in churches that were full and not subject to some capacity restrictions because he knew then, he taught us then, and we should know now that this is essential. Jesus cured every disease and illness, so we properly can conclude that that included contagious diseases and illnesses. And as Jesus went from town to town, he laid hands on them, dear family. He touched them, which is exactly what a priest is supposed to do, as we just heard from St. James. Anoint them with a whole oil. Jesus touched them. He touched them exactly like the priest does when he distributes Holy Communion. And Jesus never observed a made-up 14-day quarantine, even though he had laid his hands on every single person brought to him. Again, CNN and Fauci would be livid and do everything they could to frighten us and tell us to keep as far away as possible from Jesus. Because he was, in their mind, the ultimate super-spreader. Now let's apply both Gospels the gospel of the world, and the gospel of Jesus to all of us during this 
graduation season. Graduation season is a season when we send our precious children out into a world where the gospel of the world resounds like a gong, like a clanging gong. But the gospel of Jesus does not. It is silenced. It is canceled. Let us ask ourselves then, have we done what we needed to do over the last 14 months to immunize our children from the gospel of the world by vaccinating them with the truth and beauty and goodness of the real gospel of the Catholic faith? Have you immunized them with the words of our Lord's real gospel? Have you immunized them with belief in his real presence and nursed them with his body and blood? Have we immunized them with a Catholic faith so that when they are exposed to the virus of evil out there, their, anti their Catholic antibodies will prevent them from succumbing to the contagious and deadly virus we know as the gospel of the world. That is, after all, the whole point of us gathering here today. Because this is where we get vaccinated against the gospel of the world. Though, as always, you don't have to take my word for it. Jesus said, go out and proclaim my gospel to the world. And unless you eat my body and drink my blood, which you only can do in here, you do not have life within you. Have we done enough to immunize our children from the gospel of the world? So Father Altman continues to preach the gospel of the world versus the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. That was pretty amazing. And something else that is amazing. I'm just walking down the street in La Crosse last night, downtown, and this family stops me and says, Lifesite News! And they have driven three hours uh, to come to La Crosse just to hear Father Altman. So tell me your name, sir. Andrew Dillon. Andrew Dillon and... Amy Dillon. Okay, and, and Andrew, what motivated you guys to come down? So when we had heard his message, we just knew that this is a priest speaking very prophetically. This is a priest who is preaching the word of God according to Lord Jesus Christ. We came up, we said we have to support him because if we don't, there won't be any of him left, and then it'll be practically impossible for us to be able to exist. Thank you so much. Amy, why is it important for your kids to get this kind of form formation from somebody like Father Altman? Well, as you heard him say today in his homily, there's a lot of evil in the world. And if we're not protecting our children, if we're not vaccinizing our children, so to speak, from the evil of the world, yes. they, have no, they have no protection against that as they, as they grow. And when the time comes when we have to release them out into the world, they need to know how to stand up for themselves, stand up for their faith, and be able to protect themselves. Good. Well, you know, there's just so much truth and beauty and goodness in this parish. It's just, you just feel the Holy Spirit when you show up here. And it's so beautiful to see your amazing family. Just you guys walking down the street. Look, we were down in like the pub section last night. And it was, it's a great city though, isn't it? Yeah, it is a great city. I mean, it's, we've been up here a few times and we were just really blessed to be able to come back up, meet so many awesome families from yeah. the parish here. And again, 
We spent 30, 40 minutes with Father the first day here after Mass. And the Spirit, I'm telling you, it, it's almost like if you want to feel the real Spirit and the Spirit of love, you come here. It's yes. the truth. Amen. And I got to tell you, Wisconsin people are awesome. I just love it here. Amen. I just love Wisconsin. You guys are the best. You know, it's, just, it's, it's wonderful to be Catholic right now in a way, isn't it, Amy? It is. It definitely is, especially at a time when the rest of the world looks at you and think you kind of stand out. It's, it's good to stand out in a good way and be proud to be Catholic. Amen. Let's, let's just keep doing it. In La Crosse, Wisconsin, Jim Hale, LifeSite News.